Distinguished Adventurers last time on our show. I gotta get used to saying it that way. We got to meet all four of our new awesome characters. They got a chance to talk to Erwin, their friend, acquaintance, gnomish inventor who has gotten a hold of the helm for a spelljammer, the magic chair that is the literal beating heart of a ship that can fly through wild space. And all four of our our wonderful characters are interested for a variety of reasons of going on this little ship and taking a little bit of a tour of the universe. But first, it's gotta be built. And so Erwin has asked everybody to return the next day as he is assembling a team in order to make this dream of everybody's happen. And that's where we begin tonight. Welcome to Distinguished Adventures. I'm your humble DM, Lauren, and we're gonna go around and introduce everybody one more time so that they get a chance to say what they're drinking and who they're playing. Jonathan, why don't you go first? Hey, this is Jonathan, and I play El Torito, your goblin barbarian, and I am drinking water because I was out in the heat walking around to be less fat and a little more fit. Also, I don't have as much booze uh, right now. Most of my booze ended up in Padre Island, uh, which is where this hat is from. I have a cool beach hat now. But yes, so I'm a little low on the alcohol count at home, but I will fix that tomorrow. That's okay. Nothing wrong with hydrate or dehydrate with water. Jules, why don't you go next? Hi, everyone. I'm Jules, and I play Una, the uh, changeling bard. Uh, I guess she's also a thief. She's multi-talented. She's a little, little bit of everything. And I, too, am sipping God's Ale today uh, because we walked around a little bit. It's Canada Day here in Canada, so um, happy Canada Day, everybody. And it is also, if you, like me, are in Ottawa, you will remember today as hot, humid, and uh, filled with fire smoke. So we didn't really stay out that much. So uh, just a reminder that Canada is on fire from coast to coast. This is not normal. (laughs) No, no. Hopefully by the time people hear this episode, uh, the smoke will have cleared. So happy Canada Day and may the smoke go away. John, why don't you go next? Hey, I'm John. I'll be playing uh, Zephalin, your Arcana Cleric of Sehenini Moonbow and Mytharian Sarath. And today I'm drinking a Monster Energy Zero Ultra because caffeine and I started moving boxes today and I've been up since five o'clock. So uh, need a little pick-me-up. So if Zeph is a little more energetic than yeah. normal, we'll know why. <laughs> Jack, why don't you introduce yourself? Good people of the Radiant Citadel. I'm Jack, I play Thaviapin, the Azamar Street Magician, and today, out of the Magician's Goblet, we have water. <laughs> but I am also having a Jamaican patty, because we ordered Jamaican for uh, for lunch today, because we hadn't had it in a while. Sadly, no oxtail, but I got my Jamaican patty, to snack one. Speaking of which, if you guys, I thought it was on Netflix or Hulu or whatever it was, there was a really good documentary about patties. Uh, I think it was like made by the CBC like years and years ago about this controversy about this Jamaican restaurant where the Canadian government tried to get him to rename it. I think they they couldn't call it patties because patties apparently refer to like beef patties. And there was a whole thing about it. And there was accusations of, like, cultural, like... Yeah, know. that sounds right. That sounds like the Canadian... The, the, the uh, you must suppress everything about yourself, that kind of bullshit. That sounds like Canada. All that all that to say, the patty is very good, and, uh, you know, you, you showed me what you're making food. I mean, yeah. All I have is uh, low-sugar 
mango fruit juice because, yes, it is also early enough in the day and where I'm just having some fruit juice. Also, they're doing a lot of painting outside of the apartment, despite the fact that it is a Saturday. And so I'm like, I just need to hydrate a lot because I'm not going outside. Also, and I have no transition for this, this episode is dedicated to one of our fabulous Patreon patrons, Bunny Monster. Thank you for being a patron of ours. Cheers unto you. you. Thanks, Bunny. uh, No sugar mango juice drink is dedicated to you. It is, like I said, the next morning after all of you have had a chance to meet with your friend, Erwin Wildflow, who has given you a fair bit of information about what's to come. And he gave you a time to return to his house to chat over plans and have some finger foods. So I would like to know, who's the first to arrive and have you arrived early, on time, or late? What time are you saying that we should have arrived? Morning. I will say, uh, because there are clocks on the Radiant Citadel, because inventions are awesome, let's say 10 a.m. I think Zeph would probably be trying to get there at like, you know, half hour to 15 minutes beforehand. But today, they're not feeling feminine or masculine, so they're going to kind of float in the middle and go by Z and they. All right. Is anyone else arriving that early? I feel like Una has been in her current job. She's been on time because it's the military, so, or defense. Those people are on time, and I feel like Una is just like, yep, I'm on time, because I'm on time for everything now. <laughs> just sort of adopted the, the work practice. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, it's like sometimes you're just like, I have to be on time for work, so I'm not going to be on time anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like, guess I just wake up at five o'clock in the morning now. Great. Yeah. Savvy up and, and El Torito, are either of you arriving early? No, no. I think that Daviapin will be over there exactly five minutes late. Ah, okay. So now now we've got the, the gambit. So, Z, you show up first. You show up in that, you know, half hour to 15 minutes beforehand. Erwin answers the door. He's wearing an apron as he is finishing up, cleaning up and cooking for all of you. Because even though it's the morning, he has made a spread on the living room table. And you can see that the apron is spotted with a lot of a lot of food. Like, did something explode in the kitchen? But he looks okay. And he opens up the door for you and says, Ah, yes, I figured you would be the first to arrive. Come on in, come on in. Everything's still getting prepared, but uh go ahead and have a seat. The pancakes are already ready. Uh Z looks, are they are they flapjacks? Are they silver dollar size? Like what kind of what kind of pancakes are we looking at here? I think because he said that he's going to have finger foods, I think they're silver dollars. Okay, they're little guys. Okay. Yeah, uh, Z's going to take a, take a seat and uh, kind of just wait with a nervous excitement. All right. Uh, do you have your tressum with you? Uh, yes, Gizmo would be out and with me. Just kind of okay. sitting on my shoulder. How well behaved is your, your tressum? She's well behaved uh she's an older tressum you know a bit of a diva but definitely isn't mischievous more of like lazy cat kind of just does what i say doesn't take any shit from anybody okay kind of uh queen queen bee attitude but like she's not gonna go around like chasing things rambunctiously okay so erwin is not terribly worried about having a cat floating about in his his house there's some i'm not even gonna say this awkward conversation because you've arrived early enough that he is still finishing up taking care of things so a good like 10 minutes go by before it's about the time that 
the actual event, I guess, is supposed to happen. And we'll say Una and El Torito, the two of you kind of converge. Oh, El Torito's going to be late. El Torito's going to be late. late. Yeah, I'm on time. Sorry, Una. Una, you arrive, I'm going to say like one minute. You know, you do the military thing of like, I'm going to arrive one minute before I'm supposed to so that I am early, which is on time. And Una, what do you look like at the moment? Una looks, Una Una has like the, she's been wearing the face of Una for like a while. So she has her like, this is the face that she wears when she is at like the, the stall store Una's Fine Fruits in the Court of Whispers, where you can go to buy just about everything but Fine Fruits. It is the same kind of curly, really intensely tightly coiled curly hair. She also, like, outside of, like, the really intense hair, she keeps herself very nondescript. As okay. a matter of course. Like, it's kind of one of those things where, like... And I think today she probably has it pulled back and like wrapped up a little bit uh, to kind of more like a protective style. This face is designed so that like if you had to be like, yeah, like what does she look like? And then you'd go. So like the classic, you know, man or or woman in black. Yeah. Mm, You just kind of be like, huh. Like, I think I talked about, like, there's, like, freckles on her face, and it's more, like, light brown skin. And they'd be like, is she she human? And you'd be like, actually, I think she's, well, right? So it's it's a lot of, like... Nondescript to the point of being hard to describe, yeah. Like, steals a little bit of, like... Like, from different races, like, oh, well, you know, like, most of the time you see, like, this, you know, elves have this kind of bearing that's very much like this. She's not really built like an elf. So I guess she's not. Is she more of a human? I really thought I saw pointed ears. Oh, is she more of a dwarf? She's kind of short. How short? But, oh, not that short. So it's it's definitely one of those, like, a few distinguishing features so that you know you're talking to the person you think you're talking to other than that and she walks in this morning with a box of fruit and Irwin comes around the corner he is out of his apron and back into what he would consider to be like presentable clothes which definitely it comes off as like 80s college professor with the patches on the elbows kind of thing. Like a little rumpled, but mostly put together. Definitely not what he would normally wear. He sees you and he goes, oh, excellent. Hi. Erwin. Pauses for quite a long time as he makes hardcore eye contact with you. Una, I need you to make an insight check. An insight check. I think Julia knows that Erwin is trying to figure out what he's supposed to call I think this is incredibly easy, DC, but I'm curious. I mean, this is a 13. I, the person, Julia the person goes. Mm -hmm. And so Una just looks at him very purposefully and the box in her hands, the little cardboard box that has a stack of papers on top. She turns it to the side and it says Una's fine fruits. And she smiles and she like pushes it towards him. And he takes it. Una, yes, hi, it is so good. To, oh, this is very nice of you. You did not have to. I'll get these cleaned up right away. You know, away. we rarely ever have fruit, and I thought, these are good. They came in late last night. And this this is for you, too. And she, like, taps on the papers. She's like, we're going to sign these so you can get on the list of of purchasers. 
Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. excellent. Mm-hmm. excellent. Uh, I'll put these to the side because we've got other people coming. Why don't you have a seat and, and enjoy uh, with Z and uh, I'll, I'll be right back. And he turns to go back to the kitchen to basically put the fruit on some plates and also maybe stash the papers somewhere. And for a moment, the two of you are left in the living room, <laughs> surrounded by finger foods and comfy chairs. Imagine that Z and Una are just sitting on opposite couches, just staring at each other slightly awkwardly for a moment. And then Z kind of will just be like, I, I don't think we've met. Uh, Z, pleasure. Hi, I'm Una. And then is Gizmo around? Uh, yeah, Gizmo is like kind of like on my shoulder, just chilling. Who's this? Ah, this is my Tresum, uh, Gizmo. Does Gizmo like strangers, or...? She just kind of does her own thing. She's not anti-stranger, but... Have you ever really met a cat that willingly goes up to uh, somebody that doesn't feed them? No, I can't say that I have. (laughs) And, And Una actually looks at Gizmo and, like, says, Gizmo, hello, I'm Una. I'm not allergic. If you feel like you want to sit by me, that's fine. And then just, like, continues the conversation. Gizmo just, like, looks at you and goes, and she and Una smiles and uh, reaches down on the tray and looks for something that's just like pure meat and is like looks at, at Gizmo and is like moving her hand around, like waiting for Gizmo to be like, this is the one I want. Since she is my familiar, I will telepathically kind of communicate that it's safe. She can if she would like to that she can go over to Una and Gizmo will take a pause and cautiously go over to Una and then just kind of, like, head bonk, like, feed me. Feed me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Una's going to pick up something that looks like it's just, like, pure meat and, and pass it over and is, like, petting Gizmo and goes, You know, I feel like I've met. Do you have friends? And she's, like, talking to Gizmo. She's like, do you have friends in the city? <laughs> like, she's like, are there other, are there other weird cat? What is the kind of cat it is? Uh, she's it's a, a, it's a tressum. So it's a, a winged tressum. cat. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you know that I've been trying not to say that she's a tessellation? <laughs> like this whole time I'm like, tessellation, that's not what it fucking said, but that's the word that your brain knows is a real word. Cause this is a brand new word that D&D decided to make up. Uh-huh. She's like, I, met a Tressum before. And that's about, like, you're just, just sitting there pondering, like, why does this feel really familiar? Erwin comes out and continues to futz. It's very obvious to both of you that now that the time has passed, he's intentionally futzing and waiting for everybody to get here, but as minute by minute goes by, he's getting a little more antsy and a little more nervous, and he has now repositioned the cut-up fruit that he's brought out four different times on the, the on the table that he's put out. So after it's gotten to a few minutes before uh, Thaviyapan arrives, I'll ask Erwin, I was like, so is this, are we the crew that you said we were going to be? Uh, uh, two, two of you, yes. I'm, I'm waiting on two more people who, uh, maybe they got held up somewhere. I don't know. They said they would be here, and... I will ask. So El Torito and Thaviap and both of you said that you were going to arrive late. Do you do you think the two of you arrive about the same time or does one of you arrive sooner than the other? We're going to say it's about five minutes after. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think Thaviapin will come at five minutes, so he may be next. Okay. As Thaviapin is walking up to the door, he sees Goblin uh, jogging down the street. This Goblin is 
in with the fantasy equivalent of a tank top and short pants. And he's Which are not, a tank top and short pants. And he's not, uh, <laughs> he's, I guess it would basically, normally he wears cowboy boots uh, that have the little pointy bit when he's wearing pants. But this time he's basically wearing fantasy converse. I don't know how people did athletic activity in chucks like that. They're not intended for that. No, but mm. I've seen pictures. I've seen pictures of basketball players wearing chucks effectively. And I'm Compare just like, how? Compare it to what, like, I think that the comparison is like, what are the shoes that were available Right. that were not chucks? They're great compared to a set of brogues, right? Like, yeah. Or work boots. They're more agile. They're not as supportive, but they are more agile than a work boot. So for basketball, that's what so you got. Basically, I, I think unless Irwin comes up with, uh, with you know, fantasy Nikes or whatever that maybe are made a little more ethically. I love Nikes. Mm. Um, On the Radiant Citadel, everything is made ethically. <laughs> so I think Everybody the best we could probably do wage. is fantasy chucks. And so this is the form that you see, uh, that Thuvy up and you see running up. He's carrying a small paper bag. He says, "Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, uh, I was a little late. I, I found a note in my, uh, in my shorts here that, uh, that I was supposed to be here at, at 10 a.m. Unfortunately, I was already out on my run, so I, I am here now. But I stopped by Empanadas. Uh, he had infernal chicken today, and uh, I'm eager to try it." Bobby up and looks up at one of the many clocks that are around. I would assume, and says, "Oh, are we late?" Uh, according to the note, we are, but that's that's okay. I, I think uh, I think we are what uh, some people call fashionably late, so this is fine. Oh, fashionable, quite good. Thavi up, and he puts his hand out. Uh, we've met El Torito. You've been to a couple of my matches. Yes, yes, El El Torito, of course. Yes, I've met many people, and I normally don't forget a face. Fun fact: El Torito does manage to forget a lot of faces. He just tells people that he doesn't, but in this case, he does recognize Thavi up. I apologize for being at a loss here. Good to see you again. Are you, are you on the same business that I'm on? Uh, apparently. I, I think it would be rather rather weird if we showed up at the same door at the same place at the same time, even if we are both late. Infernal chicken empanada? Please. So he's gonna. he's got two in there. So, so you're late the... and you're eating as you come to the door <laughs> I, I for I this man to, I, who has cooked for you. <laughs> I forgot that there was finger food to be served. And, and the, the empanada place is normally on my run. So yeah, he breaks you off about half of a uh, of an infernal chicken empanada. Thavi Appen takes a bite. It's spicy. It's very good. I'll leave it up to Thavi Appen about if it's too spicy for your tastes or not. I just wanted to ask, was your intention by saying infernal chicken that it's kind of like, you know, like pasta arrabbiata? Like we know infernal chicken is a real thing, but the infernal part is referring to the spice level more so even no, than the content. No, it's made from an infernal chicken from the uh, plane of Avernus. But <laughs> also infernal, like the, implying the heat level maybe as well. I would assume that infernal chickens are, are also spicy. very spicy. Naturally so, spicy. Okay. So it's kind 100%. of- 100%. It, 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 it sells itself, right? The marketing is already there. Yes. Uh -huh. Okay. That's what I was wondering. All right. So, so Thuvyapin's dying, but he's not going to sell it at all. He's going <laughs> to use all of his restraint to be like, hmm. That's fascinating. Does El Torito notice? Well, and that's why I'm going to ask that up, and I need either a deception or a performance. I'll let you choose. Oh, definitely performance. Here we go. Okay. Uh, El Torito, what's your passive insight? <laughs> passive insight? Yeah. What's your insight plus 10? Right, right. Yeah, I know, I know what that is. Uh, it's nine. It's nine. Okay. Thumbs up and what'd you get? Yeah. So seven, but that's a natural one, friends. <laughs> 
Okay, okay. So, Thaviapin, why do you fail so miserably at holding in that you are just so cool about the spice level? Because you're not cool about the spice level. I think if a person's expecting this certain spice level, they can brace themselves at all. But, like, now Thaviapin just, like, in, as a matter of fact, he gets, you know, invited to the village birthday party. People offer food. So, no matter what, he has to eat it. Even if he doesn't like it, he'll be like, hmm, fascinating. He'll be offered food. He kind of takes it. And he's not expecting it. Fernal chicken, like, how bad could it be? Like, kind of thing. And then it bad. I mean, we're the Scoville level on this is probably higher than probably I've been expected. So, uh, so he's reaching for his cup of like coffee with a little bit of cardamom in it and just like taking a long, long sip of that coffee, even though it's a little too hot. How tall is Slavia up in? 5'11. Okay. El Torito is going to pat the side of your hip because he doesn't know you well enough to pat your butt. And says, ah, oh, this is okay, friend. Uh, I it, it got me the first couple of times, too, and it's just... They don't have it very often, but when they do, it is quite delicious. But if it has, if it has been uh, a few weeks since uh, the Infernal Chickens were last sourced, they are very difficult to source, you realize. And it, it gets me, too. No, it, 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 is, it, it is understandable. Pat, pat. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. Let's go inside. <laughs> and is it that moment that the door opens as Irwin has now finally noticed the talking? And so the door opens and you see Irwin who looks at both of you and says, Oh, excellent. I was starting to get a little worried. <sniffs> what is that delicious smell? At this point, El Torito has the other half of the of the empanada, infernal chicken empanada from, from down the way, from Frederick's stand. It may or may not be spicy. Be careful. Well, I mean, it smells amazing. Come, come on in. You didn't have to bring anything. I, I, I put out a spread. Come on, come on. And now all four of you are in the living room. We'll ask, but before the four of you engage in conversation, El Torito, do you, it's very obvious Erwin would like an infernal chicken empanada. Oh, yeah. He's, he, he goblin eats the last of, of this half and then breaks off a piece of his second one and says, oh, absolutely. And if anyone else would like to try, feel free. I, I totally forgot there was food. I apologize. I just, it, it's, it's, Fred's is on, is uh, on my run. And as he shepherds you all on in and closes the door, he pops the infernal chicken empanada piece into his mouth, chews with gusto, eyes get wide with joy, swallows and says, ah, oh, I haven't actually tasted anything in so long. It's beautiful on my tongue. Burned the taste buds off so long ago. Come in, come in, come in, come in. As a note, a few years ago, I had a sinus condition where I lost my sense of smell for a, for a while, and I got it back, thankfully. But during that time, spicy food was the only food thing that I could really enjoy. I had a lot of spicy uh, pad thai back then. The Distinguished Adventurers are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from our favorite D&D streams, books, and more. Every week there's something new happening in the game, and it's available on almost any platform. Need some loot to gear up your champions? We're happy to offer a free Electrum chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on July 16th at 8 p.m. Pacific. So open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. E-A-S-T-D-E-N-I-Y-A-L-E. -E. So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Yeah. 
you are all shepherded on in. And as he kind of closes the door and finishes arranging a few things, the, the four of you have a, a moment to chat amongst yourselves. Oh, no. Una looks up and goes, like, looks at Thaviapa and is like, in the middle of telling Gizmo, yeah, you know, actually, I recently met another. And I think that. I don't know. Right? Somebody has to put it in the chat or I'm going to call this animal a tessellation for the rest of forever. <laughs> there you go. Tressum. 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 Cool. You know, I also recently met a Tressum. I didn't think there were that many here. She looks at the VF and she's like, you look really... And then her gaze slides over to El Torito, who Deborah actually knows knows. And she goes, Shit. And she just gets up and she puts Gizmo back on to Z's lap. And is Erwin in the kitchen? I'm going to say, at your exclamation, his head pops out of the kitchen around the corner and says, What? Erwin? Yes. Let's have a conversation in the kitchen. Oh, no, there's not enough room in the kitchen. Nope. That's why I put you all out here in the just living room. You, just me and you are in real quick conversation in the kitchen. And as you're walking by... Oh, hello. My name is El Tori. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. I'm Una. Thank you. Great. Nice to meet you. Yep. yep. And uh, to she's later. just going to walk into the kitchen. Uh, I'll, I'll be right back. Please, please enjoy the, um, the pancakes. I'll be right back. And he'll follow you into the, the kitchen looking very confused. This is completely unsuspicious. Tommy Hubbard says he helps himself to a silver dollar pancake. Tommy Hubbard's my new favorite character. I love it, I love it. I'm going to assume we're going to stage whisper, but go go ahead or we'll, we'll just give you a quizzical look. I know them. Okay. In another face, I know them. Okay. In a, Erwin, that face, I have to keep that face clean, Erwin, because okay. the, my job is not done. I'm still not seeing a problem here. Just don't turn into that face. It's not a good idea to, to cross the streams if that, yeah, oh, not a good idea. Oh, absolutely agreed. So, so, so I'm going to be good. And that's why when you came on in, I made sure to know who to call you. And he gives the most unstealthy wink. Like if he said wink, it would be less stealthy. Where he's like, uh-huh. And Unan just sighs and walks back in. And she goes, I'm sorry, my apologies. What did you say your name was? And she holds out her hand to El Torito. Ah, uh, uh, sorry, uh, El Torito. Thank you. Oh, 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 gosh. I'm really, you know, I thought you said El Dorito and... Goblin eyebrow raises. Could have been, could have been, easy mistake. Thought you were somebody I used to know. Thank God you're not, huh? I'm Una of Una's Fine Fruits. How do you know, Erwin? Oh, he is quite the fan of community wrestling. He has been to many matches and and hosted a number of uh, of of after after match parties, which I I have partaken in. Um, I don't have a big following, but uh, I appreciate the the supporters that I do have at community wrestling. Tell me more about the wrestling. Yeah, El Torres is going to start going into how. Oh yes, and we just actually moved to the. Aurora Amphitheater. Aurora Amphitheater for some of our matches. Uh, not all of them. The, they do have other bookings, but we get a we get a Monday night slot out there now. I think they're going to call it Monday Night Wrestling with an R. All Jack, help me. All I need a fantasy. Uh, so there's a, a, like a fantasy wrestling name. Yeah. Well, um, what's a fantasy acronym for Raw? Oh, so really, really awesome. Radi- wrestling. Oh, hold on. Radiant. Radiant. 
Oh, oh yeah, it's Radiant Radi- All Stars Ra- Wrestling. Yeah, Radiant All Stars Wrestling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the Monday night community wrestling that takes place at the uh, Oral Amphitheater is Radiant All Star Wrestling. God, I love that so much. It's like, oh yeah, we are we are very excited. Uh, I am not going to be on many of those bills, but uh, I hope to get a spot uh, on on a Monday night uh, it, at at some point. Any anything would be good. Who's the heel for for you guys? It's going to be. I love how we're immediately going to be like, I know a person. He yeah. is let's, let's going do this. to our heel, the the Heels one of the guys. big heels, yeah. and he's been a heel for El Torito. El Torito actually just recently did a community wrestling face turn, so he's been a heel before, and now he's gotten after a couple of years, he's he's gotten to be more of a face. The current heel is a very large human named uh, Mac. He really plays up. He so he's a bald guy, and he's a Thean. He's not really a Thean, but he's like ha ha ha! I come from Thay, and I destroy your pathetic wrestlers with my arcade wrestling or or something. I don't know. So yeah, Mac the Mac the Thean is the current uh, big heel. And, he, and people are really excited to see him on uh, Radiant All-Star Wrestling's on Monday night. So I, I feel like Una, as she goes to your ma- all your matches and is friends with you as Deborah, she's like reaching for a thing that she, know will bother, she knows will bother you. And she goes, oh, yeah, community wrestling. Mac, that's the one I've seen. Really great, right? He should win more. El Torito, now that he's kind of like among friends, He's going to be, oh, well, Mac is actually, he's going to give you a peek behind the curtain. He's, Mac is actually a very nice guy. Uh, he just came in. He had this character. Uh, he really made a splash in some of our practices. So our manager decided to give him a shot as a heel. And this was right around my face turn. So we're actually going to have a couple of matches. Uh, we're hoping that we get one of them on Monday night. But if not, it'll still be at our normal Thursday night uh, uh, match in the uh, in the high school auditorium. High school auditorium. El Torito, do you feel do you feel confident about this match before I put my gold down? Since last time I lost against you. All Z, of this comes what? back to Una in a flash. And she goes... <laughs> Z, we're going to have to have a discussion about this again. Um, I would prefer that if you sp- if you if you were to spend gold on community wrestling, why not spend it on one of our Patreon passes that gets you into all the matches, or make sure to buy an extra snack or two. I strongly recommend not gambling on community wrestling in any format. Oh, 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 I if was... you want to gamble, I can bet with you. No, it was more about you know betting on my friends to win. But if El Torito doesn't feel comfortable with me betting on his sport, then uh, I, I shall not. Sport entertainment. Yes, it is very entertaining. Oh, God. <laughs> and oh at God. this point, Erwin comes out with two large jugs, one of sweet tea and one of orange juice, and says, I have plenty more if there's any dietary restrictions that any of you have. But uh, now that you've had a chance to, to talk, I'm glad that some of you know each other. I thought some of you would know each other. Make this a lot easier. So... And he unceremoniously just plops down. Who's sitting on the couch right now? There's two people on the couch. I guess Una's still sitting next to to Z, right? Yeah, I think originally you were sitting Fair across t- from me, but then maybe oh. when you came back in. I feel like we were awkwardly on a love seat together. Oh, I thought we were awkwardly like staring at each other across oh. the... I mean, we could be awkwardly on the love seat together. Wait, yeah. Maybe yeah, I'll do that. just for awkwardness. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, so uh, Z and Una are awkwardly sitting on a on a love seat, so there isn't actually too much more room. Uh, Thaviapin and El Torito have have grabbed a couple of chairs, and so Erwin grabs another chair that was obviously like over on the side just in case, and drags it on over and sticks it in a spot between the love seat and the couple of chairs that's maybe a touch too close, like like conspiratorially close, even though you're in his own home. And he rubs his hands together and says, so I'm going to get right to the point now that we've had a chance to do the mingling and the talking and all of the the stuff that you're supposed to do for, like, getting along with people. Let's build a spell jammer, okay? I'm very excited to get the wild flow off the ground. Oh, is that what we were calling it? Uh, I, I've seen spell jammers before. I didn't have not, never actually considered uh, I might be a part of uh, of operating one. Is that the is that the name that we're we're going to go with? It, it seems appropriate. Uh, exactly. Uh, he brought this... Uh, he brought this together, and it is a very fitting name for the wild space, the wild flow. And we just I thought go with we it. might call it Greg. I do like Greg. I like Greg. I like, I'm a little partial to wild flow. You know what? Let's not decide on a name until we have it built. How about that? Okay. I saw a play recently about a ship called the Rosinante. They would shorten its name to the Rossi. And I figured if we called it the wild flow, we could shorten the name to the flow. Go with the flow. I like it. I will keep that in mind. Because or the wild. I like that less. Po- it could be a potty boat. Now get get back to the flow. I feel like if we get this off the ground, and we do do some of the things that I may have done in the past, uh, but on a ship, there might be a lot of get back to the flow. We must get back to the flow. And uh, uh, because we are escaping some sort of dangerous situation. Oh, I was just thinking we go look at some pretty nebula. But you know what? That is That is a later problem once we have the ship built. Okay. All right. Good. I'm glad we're on the same page. Okay. So there's a couple of things we have to come to a decision about before we can start building the ship because I've I've taken a really good look at the helm and it can fit a number of different ships. Not all of them, but I've kind of narrowed it down to four that we can do. And depending on what, what you feel like and what you'd like to do, the these are the four. And he reaches down and pulls out, seemingly from like a back pocket, a sheaf of paper that he, he pushes aside some of the pancakes and unrolls onto the desks so that you can all see. And there are four pieces of paper there, each with a drawing and some information about four different ships. And I'm going to kind of give you the the brief overview of all four of these ships. And if you need more information, we can go into it. But Erwin starts to point out stuff and says, okay, some of the major things that we have to decide on is which of these ships we want to do because some of them require more metal and some of them require more wood. And this one requires a tree. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So this first ship is called a damselfly ship, which I kind of like. It's a, it's a small one. It's a small one, which means it'll be a lot easier to build and this is one of the few ones that has some metal in it so that it can actually stand up to going through a lot of a lot of space issues because it also is it's got these legs and the cool wings and everything you can actually land so you don't have to look for all the space docks and everything you can actually land on planets so if there's a place you want to go to we don't have to be looking for like water or anything like that it is it is a bit small but it would be really easy to build and look it's real pretty And then he pulls out a second piece of paper and says, now, if you're more interested in being able to go through water, 
The flying fish ship is for us. This can float, like all these fly. All these go to the wild space. But this one, tiny bit bigger, crew of about 10. It's got these big fins and it's made out of wood. And this this one, pretty common. This, this one, uh, it was the easiest to get the plans for because this one is known throughout the galaxy. And then this one, and he pulls out the third piece of paper. And unlike the first two, which were small uh, ships, this one is much bigger. And this one actually kind of looks like a sailing ship. This is what I think the current Spelljammer helm that I have might have come from. It's called a living ship. It's got a tree end at the back of it that basically kind of makes the ship happen. So we'd have to get less in the way of materials, but then we got to go find a tree end. And I've got some lines on that if this is the ship that we want to go for. But examining the, the chair that I have, I think this is what the last ship it was in, but that doesn't mean we have to go with it again. Uh, but look, look, look how pretty it is. And it looks like an actual, like a sailing ship. And and yeah, you get we get a tree friend, which would be fun. And finally, and he pulls out the final piece of paper, which has the tiniest ship of all of them. This one's tiny. Will probably take the least amount of time to build. This is a wasp ship. I don't know why they call them all like after animals. It's weird. But anyway, yeah, it, this is this is a wasp. Basically, if we get this one, we don't need any other crew because we can't fit anybody. So it does mean we're all going to have to learn how to do a couple of extra things on the ship. But it does mean we don't need to get any extra crew. And then this one, this one just is super fast and super easy to build. And, and a lot of a lot of unsavory types have, have this type of ship. But you know what? We're not the unsavory types and it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And he shuffles the papers around so that all of you can take a look. And he says, so one of the first things we got to do is decide which one of these we think we want to go for. Because as you can probably tell, there's different requirements for each. What do you think? Any questions? So John, the player's just reading over everything. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, then visit us at distinguishedadventurers.com. There you can find links to our podcast and social media, pictures and bios of our cast, info on our Patreon, and much more. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our Patreon patrons, and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Jesse Florence, Forrest, a.k.a. StabbyQuest, Nate Zakari, Rebecca, a.k.a. Bunny Monster, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.